Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 145. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Tony Katz. Yes, we do. Mr. Cooch. Great to be back. And Off-Road Andy will be joining us. He is uh, coming in hot. He's, uh, I think he just put his turkey in the oven is what he's doing. Yeah, Andy is heard, not here at the moment, but he will. Yeah, I heard it was like a 25-pounder, so he's getting a, getting a good couple days to start cooking it. <laughs> yeah. He's going to... Yeah, he sits on it to start like a bird. They they take Thanksgiving pretty seriously around the off-road Andy household, I heard. Uh, Uh, Andy, I think, kills his own turkey also. Yeah. Well... You know, we're we're dead to bring that up because you know Donald Trump just pardoned two turkeys today. <laughs> so two. bread and butter. Do they always pardon two? They pardon two. Okay. From what I remember, they always pardon two. What happens to the life of that turkey afterward? Well, I'm assuming um, it lives somewhere on a nice farm <laughs> in Virginia. Um, it gets fed some organic grain food um, and gets the best grass money can buy. Huh. That's what I'm assuming. I don't know. That's got to be the life, I guess. I don't know how long a turkey lives. I, you know, honestly, what? not usually not past November. Depends yeah, on right? how many predators. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Depends on how many predators are around. Yeah, All right. Well, this is the sports podcast. Uh, it <laughs> is Thanksgiving this? week, though. So, by the way, three to five years in the wild. Three to five years in the wild. Hunting is a sport, so yeah. technically, that what we were talking about is it ties in. And it's almost like I almost feel like they don't even have a real accurate timeline because the fact that i bet most of them do are are just murdered whether it's for thanksgiving or for game mm-hmm. yeah so those turkeys people eat turkey sandwiches all year round so uh, it's yeah. not just thanksgiving yeah, turkey time. is a big thing <laughs> yeah um but well let's talk sports should we kick things off with college football <clears throat> yes we uh it's a great time of year for college football it is and every the let's last discuss that the last few weeks now we have definitely had like a pretty major upset shake-ups a shake-up yes and this week was no different from the rest as number six, Oregon, as I believe it was about 13 and a half point favorites, lose in Tempe to your Arizona State Sun Devils. Yes, it was a nice Saturday. Um, it was a beautiful Saturday. I spent the early portion of my Saturday at the Del Mar racetrack losing all my money oh. and then got to come back and watch the ASU Sun Devils take down number six, Oregon, which was a great treat for me. So that kind of helped me lick my wounds a little bit, but... Big game in Tempe. Um, some serious implications for the college football playoff potentially, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, but you know, I, I'd like to think ASU has some real raw talent to begin with. Uh, but I don't think many people saw that coming. Honestly, I know it's a home game for the for the Sun Devils, but I thought thirteen and a half was a little generous. I could have seen it being a little bit more, considering the losses that ASU's had this year. Yeah, to teams like UCLA, mm-hmm. big. Um, so I thought that I mean, spread they, was a little generous, uh, on, uh from, yeah. the, from an ASU perspective. And they do say how like home field is worth about three, four points. So, I mean, they're basically saying if that was a neutral field, you're looking at like a 16 and a half point spread. And if that game's in Oregon, you're looking at almost a 20 point spread. Correct. So, I mean, yeah, they did. Ultimately they did feel like, I bet that, uh, Oregon was about three touchdowns better than ASU, but, uh, Tell you what, those home games, especially those big home games, I mean, that was basically like their Super Bowl. It was. And, and it's still been, big because they're still trying to go to bowl games. And Tempe's been, they've been packing the house in Tempe this year better than normal. Uh, there's a lot of hype around Herm Edwards. Uh, yeah. The first two games, uh, I forget exactly how, how what it was, but ASU played like 28 true freshmen. 
yeah. which was an NCAA record. So they're young, true freshman at quarterback. Yeah. And that's a good uh, one. A lot for of them. JUCO transfers as well. So they're kind of a they're kind of a mixed bag, a motley crew, if you will, of true freshmen of a couple veterans, a banged up offensive line, and um, some JUCO transfers like Brandon Ayuk. Who absolutely went off. Frank Darby's got another year too. So big shakeup, uh, not only in the Pac-12, um, but in the college football playoffs. Justin Herbert looked, um, I would say, a little bit uh, vanilla. Mm-hmm. I know that's Andy's boy, so he's not here to talk about him yet. Maybe we would bring him up later on when Andy gets here. But um, a defense that had uh, in Arizona State that had given up quite a few points this season to some very suspect teams. Um, I wouldn't say shut the Oregon offense down, but certainly kept their team in the game and made them look a little more regular than they have in previous weeks this season. So it was nice to see the Devils get a victory there in Tempe as an alumni. Um, but uh, you want to see the Pac-12 be sal- be strong if you're a Pac-12 alumni. You want to see them be, be strong. And so I, I would say it hurts the Pac-12 a little bit. Yeah. Uh, especially with the um, college football playoff chances that we're going to talk about here in a second. Yeah, it, is, uh, it definitely is going to shake things up because that Pac-12 championship game, is it confirmed that it's Oregon-Utah? I'm pretty sure it's Oregon-Utah. Yeah, I don't see how it wouldn't be. but uh, oh Well, it can't be Oregon-Utah because they're both in the north. Oh. So we're completely wrong. Hmm. So it's got to be Utah and um, it's not SC, I don't think. But either way, it hurts the validity of the Pac-12 uh, for number six. I mean, highest ranked team in the Pac-12 uh, to go down like that. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's nice to see the Sun Devils competitive. Um, they got a bright future, I would hope. Uh, but um, it's not great for the Pac-12 as a whole when you're talking about uh, strength of conference throughout the country with ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big 10 being the uh, as strong as they are. Yeah, definitely. What uh so we did have some changes in the top changes. in the top four. Uh, yes. This came out today. Kind of us I mean, I'm a fan of them. They are my my favorite college team because it's the team my uh, family cheers for, but uh Ohio State has jumped LSU to one. Jumped LSU after a victory against Penn State. I wouldn't even consider that to be uh, and it's like a, like a, a super crazy victory. They didn't blow them out by too much. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that game too, was Ohio state completely dominated it. They get up 21 zero and then Penn state storms all the way back, makes it 21 17. I believe had the ball at one point down 21 17, but that defense, you know, stayed strong and they ended up scoring a touchdown again and ended up getting up by 28-17, which I believe was the final. Yeah, I think I believe it was 28-17. And that first quarter, you're right, at Penn State, I I, I don't even remember getting uh, getting them past the 50-yard line. Yeah, they, they looked – that defense looked pretty good. But, I mean, Penn State's defense came to play also. I mean, it took a little, you know, a little later in the game for Ohio State to get those touchdowns. I feel like it was about 7-0 at halftime, I think, or maybe Something 14-0. Like yep. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a goose egg on the Penn State side at halftime. Oh, uh, there definitely was because that game was 21 0, I believe, about 10 minutes, nine minutes or so in the third. And Penn State scored a couple quick touchdowns, and that's what brought them back in it. There was a few turnovers, and uh, you know, Penn State, you know, they played it tough, and uh, they yeah, did. Ohio State, uh, I, I that's them. what I'm saying. That's why it was surprising to me that an Ohio State jumps LSU considering what LSU's been doing this year. 
Yeah, and so now LSU. And I think it's well, I think it's important. Let's map out the top ten for the listeners because yeah. there's some implications in there. So new the new po- uh, new college ball playoff that came out today: Ohio State one, LSU two, Clemson three, Georgia four. So the last two stayed, and then the remainder: Alabama's at five. You got Utah up at six. They t- essentially took over Oregon's spot uh-huh. at a Pac-12 team there at number six. Oklahoma, one loss Oklahoma, sitting at seven. Minnesota, one loss Minnesota at eight. Baylor at nine. And then Penn State after a loss to Ohio State, nine and two at ten. They're still giving them some respect there, keeping them in the top ten. They and pl- I think it's because they did play Ohio State tough. They did. Which is why it's still also. surprising to me that Ohio State jumped LSU. LSU yeah. put it on Alabama. LSU's did, been taking care LSU of everybody. Who did play last week? Um, they might have had a bye. I thought I, yeah. Did they play somebody last week? And I'll do the, I'll get us a little uh, check right now. Give us a check on that. I know Clemson had a bye for sure. So they just stayed where they were at number three. LSU, I'm, I'm not so sure. You'll have to get us the number on that. Yeah, we will find um, out right now. They, yeah, uh, which is, they did play last week. They played Arkansas and won 56 to 20 at home. So they handled business. On a terrible with a terrible Arkansas team. Yeah, the bottom still, half of that SEC is not what it once was. The bottom of the half of that SEC is is not even like the top half of some of the some of the um, weaker outside of the Pac five so, or Pac yeah Pac five conferences this let's year. Let's just a little. What makes things interesting though now is because they did jump from one to two. Is let's say they do face Georgia. I mean, actually, I'm sorry. Let's say they face. They are facing Georgia. It's already determined. They play Texas A and M next week, and then they play, but the. Uh, SEC championship games already set LSU yeah. Georgia the week after. Yeah, and they now what makes things interesting is let's say they lose that game to Georgia. Now that they're at two, I mean that would confirm assuming Clemson Ohio State went out and Georgia wins their last games and then you know obviously beats LSU. That would make those three for sure in the playoffs. But would it make Alabama jump LSU? Because I, I don't know how you would be able to do that with LSU having the win against yeah, Alabama. Yeah, I don't think you can do that. I, I think in that scenario, if Ohio State and Clemson were to win out, Ohio State uh, beats Michigan this uh, this week. Because I'll tell you um, right now, if Georgia upsets LSU in that championship game, it's going to cause it's, it's going to make shake some things up and it's going to be a big shake if that's the one shake up i think you go ohio state one clemson three assuming they two assuming they went out yeah and then maybe you put georgia in front or of lsu even, but you but you got to think georgia's got a loss to south carolina do you, do you even okay but here's uh, here, here's another interesting thing let's say whether georgia goes to three or maybe they even jump them to two if that happened assuming clemson because they're like oh clemson hasn't really played anybody yeah it's weak schedule and lsu goes to four What's interesting is you're looking at that first round, you're looking at Georgia Clemson, and then you're looking at LSU Ohio State, which essentially would be like more of a championship game. More of a game. championship game than the other two, I agree. So that's what's that'll be uh that would be a bummer, but, I think, because you want to see the two best teams oh, exactly. play, or at least get a shot to play each other. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, uh, I, I'm I'm with you on that. It would be Ohio State and LSU, 100. percent Yeah, I think. But those I, are by I, far the two best teams. George this is. I don't know. I've said this before on this show, but I think Jake yeah. Fromm's is no, just not, a regular I'm guy. Big, I'm not a huge Jake Fromm fan, so I would, I would, I would, if I'm a gambling man, I, I'm taking LSU to beat Georgia. But yeah, if it does happen like that, if it does happen. That really shakes some things up, and uh, you may um, not be watching the uh, champion uh, NCAA championship game that you want to watch. Yeah, but it's not about what you want to watch; it's what yeah. it's about who deserves to be there. Um, so I like the way they're doing it right now. But um, I mean, there's still some. I think 
there was some scenarios where, um, you know, Alabama, they're not going to play in the SEC championship game, but if it really gets shooken up or, and, and, um, what's his name? Mac Brown puts on a good performance here next week. Uh, which I believe they're playing uh, Georgia. Is that correct? North Carolina. Alabama plays North Carolina this week. Alabama plays Auburn this week. Alabama plays Auburn. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Exactly. So if Georgia loses to LSU, Georgia has that one loss to South Carolina. Alabama puts it on Auburn. Is there a scenario where Alabama comes in the four seed and jumps Georgia? Yeah. Because they've only lost to LSU. Yeah, but no, that's I, a two-loss Georgia team. I would so agree. That with could that. potentially no, that, happen I, I, also. If Georgia loses this week, I think they're they're out. Sure you think they're the first out. team out? Even if even if they were to beat LSU, because I think if they were to lose to whoever they face, who is it they're facing this week? Who? No, I don't know. Who is Georgia facing this oh, week? Oh, Georgia. Um, I don't know who Georgia plays this week. That's a good question. But it's not it's not LSU and it's not Alabama. So whoever it is, they should be winning. I would assume. Yeah. But that's just another scenario that. Uh, I could see uh, playing out that way. Alabama, of so course. So Georgia is at Georgia Tech. Okay, so that's a dub. Yeah, Georgia Tech is three and eight. But I mean, hey, you never know. It's a rivalry game. At least it's sometimes those home games can. I mean, those I'm road just games saying, can get interesting. If Mac Brown, uh, uh, the quarterback, new new kid at Alabama, I think it was Mac Brown, Mac something, um, can put it on Auburn, and Georgia goes and loses to. Um, uh, LSU in the championship game, ne- not next week, but the week after. Yeah, yeah. Then, I, then I can see a scenario where Alabama finds themselves back, and in especially the even if, even if Georgia does beat Georgia Tech this week, which they should. I mean, let's say all, they only win that game by like four points or something. That could also be a big sure, sure a big margin thing, of victory so. could play uh, a there's big gonna, factor. There's going to be a lot of what ifs. Yeah, and that's I mean, there's a lot. It's great because there's a lot of Heisman um, Heisman looks in these teams too. I think Justin Fields in Ohio State. Has got to be up there. I think Joe Burrow is a front runner right now, yeah, but is. even Chase Daniel at Ohio State's got to be up there. Um, so there's a lot of uh, Heisman impl- implications here in the weeks to come. And some of the big games this week that we talked about: Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah, so that game. I mean, I am an Ohio State fan, but I'll tell you what: I know Michigan has not looked that good this year, but it's just something about that last. Game of the year for Ohio State because I'm not sure there is a Big Ten championship game. Don't believe so. So this and they know if they win that they're in, and then they know if they lose. So that's something else you got to think about because Michigan at home, I mean they could do something. They could pull something off, and get a shake up here, and if yeah, they do, but I mean I don't think Harbaugh they're going still to. hasn't beaten Ohio State yeah. in his career. And also what I want to talk Michigan. about is before the season started, you could have gone to Vegas like around I want to say like. May or June when they release the early games and you can go and bet on these games. So you could have gone to Vegas in like, like I said, May or June, I forget when it is. And you could have bet on this Michigan, Ohio state game. And you know what that spread was at the time? What was it? Michigan minus three. Now Uh, it's Ohio state minus nine. Gotcha. So there's people out there sitting with either Ohio state money line tickets that are underdogs or Ohio state plus three tickets. And I'll tell you what, if I'm one of those people, I'm feeling Pretty good. Yeah, I would say so too. And just for a quick correction, there is a Big Ten championship game. Oh. There's not a Big 12 championship game. And Ohio State is going to either play Minnesota Ooh. or Wisconsin. And that would be on a neutral field. And that would be a Lucas Oil in Indian, uh, Indianapolis. Okay, there we so go. So that, that would be have some big implications too yeah. because a, a lot can Wisconsin still happen. was great to begin. This of is the year. definitely not our for sure final four by any no, means. Not at all. But that's great for. for College football right now. You got a lot of good players, a lot of good teams. 
Uh, it's not just Ohio or Alabama Clemson like it has been for the last few years. Yeah. And so that's good for college football, and we, we like to see it. What do you what what do you, what do you uh, let me ask you about the Heisman race? Who do you like? Who are you liking right now? Oh, I think it's gonna be Burrow. You think you think no no chance it's anybody else? Yeah, because I just think like what he's done for LSU this season, like just how they've made that that offense has just been ridiculous, and how they've go to Alabama and win, and they've just marched up the ladder all the way to one, and honestly, probably should still be one. They've proven that they belong there, but I, just, I agree. Yeah, that's, and that's kind coming of that, from somebody um, again, that, is Ohio that, State that really that really surprises me. It's because not it's not like Ohio State beat Penn State forty eight six. Yeah, exactly. it was a close game, and, and they were at a home close too. game for most of the game. I don't think the score even even told the tale of how close it was. Yeah, so that's that's so yeah. Interesting. No, I'm I'm still on Jake Burrow. I think he has Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. I don't know who Jake Burrow is. Maybe it's, all, it's, it's his twin his brother. His brother. I knew it was twin a Jake. <laughs> yeah, so that's how much I know the guy. They call him Jake the Snake. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think Burrow for sure. I, think I agree. I think Fields is having a great year. It's it's funny to see Trevor Lawrence not in the picture there. He has not had a good year, but he yeah. Know, I think I, honestly, I think it's hard for last him. I think year. We forget that being that young, he goes out and he wins the national championship, and then he is the uh, Heisman candidate favorite this year going in. Yeah, and I was. think it's just there was a lot of pressure. And like I feel like when you've already won that, it's like. You know, sophomore slump is real, folks. Oh, yeah, really. Sophomore is. slump can be real. Sophomore year of high school, probably my least favorite year for many, <laughs> many, many different reasons. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's I, wild to think, though, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, is he going? Does he have one more year left? Yeah, he's got to have one more year because right, he was a true, right. he won a national championship as a true freshman last so year. So hopefully, maybe next year he can do a little better because it would be kind of a bummer for like just when you think of Trevor Lawrence, you would assume like, oh, this guy's going to be a Heisman winner. Yeah. But I mean, he. he well, you yet. know what? Just like uh, what's his name, Kelly Bryant, when Trevor Lawrence came in, uh, Clemson's got the number one um, quarterback recruit in the nation out of St. John Bosco here in Southern California, and he's going to come in. And I and I, I mean, I don't know if he's as good as Trevor Lawrence, but. I'm sure he'll give him a run for his money. So what if yeah. that history yeah, repeats itself that way? And that I would really hurt his draft stock. Sure would. Sure would. Things happen. Yep, absolutely. Speaking about draft stock that's hurt, um, Tua, you feel bad for that guy. I heard he doesn't have the insurance on his body like uh, the other guys do. You know how some guys take insurance claims out on their bodies okay. in case they get hurt before the draft? So he's going to have a decision to make because how? Because he may not even be able to play next season with the hip fracture. So you're thinking maybe he comes back to Alabama? I again? mean, I don't know if it's the right idea. I don't know if it's the right idea, Anthony. But yeah, that's yeah, a bummer. You gotta, you gotta figure where is he gonna fall to? Does he want to just go for it and see if he can rehab it? What teams are gonna even be interested? I, in I him? feel like he he is gonna go for it. If just you're the be, just because I don't think he wants to risk going back yeah. to college and then somehow injuring something again, and then it goes to the point where it's like, hey, all of a sudden you're not even. Not only are you not a Number one pick now. You're not even a top. You're not, you're a not pick even at a all. You're probably pick. right. And and then and then if you play another year, you run the risk of hurting yourself again. Yeah. And he's. I mean, he's won a national championship. A lot of those guys, I feel like they come back. It's because they just want that. Like, give me one more shot at the trophy. And yeah. I feel like you know he's already got it. So I like not. Tua, but I just hope he doesn't go die in Miami because I can <laughs> or really Cincinnati see that at this point. Well, I don't even know if he'll go be the first quarterback taken. Cincinnati's obviously in the poll. Who do you think would be then right now? I would I would say Daniels or Burrow. I'm going to ask you that hypothetical question when we talk about the NFL. So let's table that. All right, all right. And then we'll talk about that cuz I think that's a good that's a good discussion to have. Yeah. But yep, college football's fun this year. We like college yep. football. Um looking forward to a nice bowl season. It's going to be interesting to see who the uh New Year's 6 are. 
That'll oh, yeah. be interesting too because you got teams like uh, Minnesota kind of on the outside there, Baylor, Penn State. Um, so it uh, it should be it should be good. It's going to be a lot of good bowl games this year. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I, I definitely think so. But really quickly, I was going to just look at because uh, I'm curious. I'm going to look at uh, what the odds are right now, actually, for who's going to win the national championship. What are the odds? And I want you to tell me where you would uh, with those uh, odds, which I don't think I actually have. Hold on. I thought I had them. Appalachian then, State. Let's see here. Come on. Because I, I thought I was able to look at it, but because I guess games are on right now, it takes it all off the board. Mm, so you can't see the futures? Not Should be moment. able to see the futures depending on what site you're on. Yeah, my site wasn't allowing it. Well, you know, maybe we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll, Another we'll get week. to it later. But uh, I do know the last time I saw it, Number one was uh, Ohio State was like two to one, really, and which and I thought that, was actually kind of surprising. And I think surprising. LSU was like two and a half to one, and then after that, I want to say like Clemson and Georgia were like eight to one was Clemson or something. Georgia was like ten to one, or Alabama was like well ten to one. I'll tell you, I like LSU. LSU is my favorite team right now in that four or five team rotation. I think Joe Burrow's really can sling the rock. They got a decent run game. And then LSU always has raw guys on defense. They just get so much damn talent. All right. I was able to find it. Yes. Here we go. So Anthony, this, go. This site, my bookie, has AG. Ohio, Ohio State plus 160. So okay. a little below two to one odds yep, to win. Just a touch below. LSU at plus 240. Okay. And then we're looking at Clemson at plus two. I'm sorry, 160 to 240? Yeah, plus one. That's the gap play. between one and two. Yeah. Well, Holy get, shit. Well, the gap to three is plus two seventy five, which is Clemson. Now I don't know who in their right mind at the moment would want to take Clemson at only under three to one odds. And I think the only reason why I could think that is maybe because they feel like okay, they're for sure. Well, going you to know, be you never listen. Listen, you get Dabo Sweeney yeah. in, in a groove there. He's got the grace of God on and here's his the behalf. Thing, that's what should make people a little nervous is that Vegas knows they know their stuff. They know their odds. The fact Always. that Clemson is only three to one, less than three to one, is I mean, I guess we do forget that they are undefeated. They sure are undefeated. So. And they haven't I mean, they have not had the resounding victories that they had last year. Yeah. Um, but they're beating everybody. Yeah. So and then after that we have Georgia at nine to one. Nah, I, I'm not a Georgia fan. I think fan. Georgia's toast after LSU, maybe, but then Alabama thirteen to one. And obviously that has a little bit more to do with the Ye- fact that they're five and two is done. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean there's definitely going to be people out there that if you see Alabama at 13 to one with maybe in some people's eyes, still a chance to sneak into the playoffs. Sure. Like, they got a good chance to sneak into the playoffs. Something you don't just because look I really think that LSU is going to be Georgia. So and then the last real, I mean, I don't even want to say realistic, but last notable one, I guess you could say is Oklahoma at 20 to one. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got to beat what Oklahoma state this weekend. So that's not going to be a great win on their schedule. And then they don't have a championship game. So I don't see them squeaking in. I would see Utah, with beating uh, an Oregon, a formerly number six Oregon team has a better shot than Oklahoma. But yeah, I, I'm 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 riding LSU right now. Unless they use, lose to Georgia, then I might reconsider. Uh, but until Coach O gives me a reason to not believe in Coach O, I think they're bringing the shit back to the Bayou. But yeah. that's just how I feel. Yeah. Well. College football is definitely uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun it's, right now. And it's we fun. even said we said early on that it was a pretty slow start, but we said upsets would start to happen. And honestly, I think ever since we said that, they started to happen. Yep, it's been well, good. Are we uh, ready to talk some hoops. NBA? Let's talk hoops. My favorite. 
Yeah, and uh, I think we'll just open up with some hoops with uh, just how those two local teams are doing. The Lake Show. We got uh, our Clipper expert is not here right now. Thank God. Yeah, he should be here Oof. any minute. But uh, we do have our our Laker fans here. You and I yes. and Sean, I think, is a Laker three fan. Three of us are Laker fans. Yeah, we, we are. Got, it's three to one, and the Lakers, the Clippers, on this sports show. We are. But the Lakers, man, I'll tell you what, fifteen and two. Well. Gotta love it. You gotta love it. LeBron James is a man on a mission right now. He here's the thing. Here's what I here's how I look at it with LeBron James. That guy hasn't played competitive basketball since April. So I'm glad you're saying all yeah. this because I said at the beginning of the year and a little bit before that I said I really do think LeBron's gonna have a big year because number one, he's got basketball blue balls. He's got mm-hmm. he's, he's got just, blue basketballs. He hasn't yeah. played like you said competitively since honestly April. almost like Christmas. April. It was even. April. Because Christmas is when he got hurt. Yeah, you're right. So and then he came back a little then. bit, but by the time he came back then, the, the, the season was over. Yeah, you're right. And then he ended up, you know, being done or whatever. And it's like that was his first time in years not making the playoffs. And so then you have that whole thing, and it's like he was sitting there waiting, waiting, and then he go, you give him the one of the big pieces he wanted with Anthony Davis. Throwing and lots. he is he's ready, and he's he's like Tom Brady. They keep their bodies in just tremendous shape. Spends a million dollars a year on it. Yeah, yeah that's and he insane. Can, and he can just he, well, and good. you know, I mean, it depends on what they're putting in the Taco Tuesday. Yeah. You know, it's probably just like kale. It's got to be goddamn extract Gra- shit. <laughs> Grass-fed turkey injected with some steroids. Yeah, that turkey that lived to be a year well, and a half. Didn't what I pardoned. love to see, what I love to see about the Lakers right now is LeBron leads the league in assists. Yeah, he's that's averaging insane. eleven assists a game uh, as LeBron James. And so he's been trying to do this for quite some time. He's been trying to have a team where he can pat the rock, facilitate, and let his guys score around him. And they are just slam dunking the ball like nobody's business right now, all over the place. All of them, too. JaVale McGee had a throwdown last night. You don't live around the rim with the Lakers on the court. They own that airspace up there. And it's a no-fly zone. It is a no-fly zone. It's a no-fly zone up there. And right now, the Lakers are on a current eight-game win streak. And you know what's funny is the last team they lost to was that home game against the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Where they honestly probably should have won that game. They were up at one point, like, double digits at, like, early in the third. And then they... Started actually getting out rebounded and out hustled. And if you're a, if they did, you're right. And if you're a novice basketball fan, if keep that schedule up there, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to tell me what their record is right now. If you're a novice back, basketball fan, you see Toronto lose um, Kawhi Leonard after they win the championship. Things seem, seems seems to be see, things seem <laughs> to be going downhill a touch. What's their record right now? The Raptors, twelve and four. Twelve and four. One of the top teams in the NBA and right I think now. Certain, top four in the NBA right now. And I think ahead of the Clippers with he, Kawhi Leonard. And even when you looked at that team last year, Toronto, even with Kawhi Leonard, you, people still looked at it and didn't think like, oh, that's a championship team. There's something about that group of guys that they play together. I mean, it's always it's they've been next man up. Siakam and uh, Van Vliet mm-hmm. have been just like, like Jared Goff. Siakam, Siakam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how about last night? Uh, shout out Marcus Saul for holding Joel Embiid. To his first zero-point zero game points. in 171 regular season How games. He have zero points. And he had points. one of the number one hecklers in the world there with Drake, who he let did. him know it also throughout the whole game. And then he said also on he Twitter. He was tweeting, and then he had Stephen A. Smith this oh, morning yeah, on first take. Blast absolutely him. blasted here's, his ass. Here's what I love about it, too, because Embiid is one of the biggest 
shit talkers on, especially on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So it really is funny to see him actually get shut up. Cause you can't, you, what do you even say after you score zero points? Like nothing, you can't say anything. Nothing. You're a seven foot hiding. something you, of a beast yeah. of a man. You're right there at the hoop and <laughs> yeah. you just 0 for 11 from the field. They said and Didn't, 0 for three from the free throw 0 for line. three or four. Yeah. Whatever. I think was. at that point, well, honestly, it had to be four, right? Cause he wouldn't have had an and one. You're right. So 0 for four from the free unless throw he line. Had, unless no, he, he shot I, a tech. He might've. Cause I swear I thought I saw 0 for three. You know who loved that though? Carl Anthony Towns. And I wouldn't be surprised. You want to know <laughs> yeah. something? I bet you he did shoot a technical because I guarantee you they wanted him to just see the ball go in the hoop, and then he still couldn't. You think they put him on the line for it? Honestly, a technical I foul? do. I do, if I'm being honest. I don't know what they happened. Teed up, they teed up yeah, Drake. Yeah, he was 0 for 3. There you go. Wow. So at one point, They I teed think up he Drake was... and just put him on the line? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I think at one point he was put on the free throw line to just see the ball go through the hoop, and he just couldn't. And I think it's uh, at some point it has to get – It obviously it's mental. I mean, it gets to the point where it's like... Listen, that guy is such... So physically imposing. He'll probably never do that again in his career. Oh, absolutely not. I would say whatever his next game, his over-under is in points... Take the over, pound the over, over pound the over. Oh, yeah, he's going to be pissed off. I would say he is going to come out very strong. Although we saw him in that fight outside the nightclub. Well, it didn't look like too good of a scrapper. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Well, that's the nice transition into something else you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I guess uh, Ben Simmons. I don't know which game it was. Actually, it was. It was. Uh, I think it was later in the week, like Thursday. But he did it. I guess that's his first career. He NBA clapped three, up his first tray. His first three since like high school or something like that. Crazy. It wasn't his first yeah. three since high school. But you know, yeah. you get the point. In, in a game stat, <laughs> yeah, that counts for the NBA. Yeah. Well, if Ben Simmons can find a jump shot, yeah, which I just, I honestly, I just don't think he ever will because it's like there's something about it that's just so ugly. It really is. It really is very ugly. And because of that, I just don't think, I just will never see that being part of his game. I just think he'll no. be a driver and a facilitator, and we'll see what happens. But he'll never be, but without that jump shot, the defenders in the NBA are way too good. Without that jump shot, he'll never be Ben Simmons that coming out of college, we thought Ben Simmons was going to be. Yeah. Because he, he's, you know, touted as one of the one of the best prospects in the last, what, five, six, ten years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so without that perimeter jump shot, uh, you just can't do it at his size. I mean, even, you know, you look at another guy who's physically imposing like that, like a Russell Westbrook, he can still hit a shot from the elbow. He still has that pull-up tray, um, and he can still make shots. But without that, I don't know if he's going to be yeah, I agree. what he's I've, supposed to and be. And I've said that for a while, too. I've said the one thing about Ben Simmons is that I just don't like that uh, jump shot. But I do want to say, though, of another young player who has been absolutely killing it is Luka Doncic. I wanted to talk about that. That every night, is he going to win an MVP at 21 so, years old? Here's what I'm thinking. Right Good. now, the MVP. I think. I mean, it's obviously way, way too early. But if you had asked me right now, who are your like top three MVPs? And I think you have to go with Doncic, the freak. And then I would say, part of me wants to say LeBron. You better put I, LeBron in there. Are you kidding me? Look at yeah, his team. Most valuable player. Yeah. Not best scorer. They have an award for best scorer. Most yeah. valuable player is the guy who no, I agree, I elevates agree. his team above the rest. And gets his team to the best record and the, possible. And the fact that he's averaging, I think it's like 11.7 assists per game. Now, I would even... And 25 yeah. points. Tw- yeah. And 25 points. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 11 it's ridiculous. Assists. The 11 assists is what's more now, impressive to me. Now, Giannis Kumpo is... if Same thing with Ben Simmons, right? If that guy with that height, that athleticism, plays defense the way that he does, scores the way that he does, if that guy gets a three-point shot, you heard it here first... He's better than MJ. He's better than Magic. He's better than LeBron. He's better than Akeem Olajuwon. He will if if that guy can shoot the tray ball and open up that portion of the floor. He will be the greatest player to ever play basketball. So I 
Got to stop airballing. He's got to. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he can, if he can, if he can find that three point shot and consistently hit it, he's going to be the best player to ever play in the NBA. So, so I don't. I the one thing is though, I don't think. I mean, I do. I definitely kind of agree with that, especially because he's Greek. But <laughs> the other thing is though, is I don't think he's. We both win. like Dolmades, so you know. <laughs> I don't think he's going to win MVP this year, and I think the reason why is because. I think last year what made him win MVP is because it's like what you said. It's the valuable player. Nobody thought Milwaukee was going to have the best record in basketball last year. Yeah. And he made them do that. And so obviously it's like, wow, he took this Bucks team that people thought would maybe be like, oh, maybe like a third, fourth, fifth seed in the East yeah. and gave them not only the number one seed in the East, but the number one record in the NBA. And obviously that's why he, well, and it was I mean, MVP. they're doing that right now with no Brogdon. But the, they got, they but got a bunch saying, of guys that are like, hurt. I, I'm just saying I, I'm more impressed with like, if LeBron's going to average, 25 and 12 this year in assists and then still probably grab like six, seven rebounds a game. Right. That's just more well, impressive Well, it makes you wonder. Or Doncic, honestly, almost averaging a triple-double for a Mavericks team that... For a, a Mavericks team that's, that's like 12 and 4, I think, I, or something I think like that, too. Be, yeah, they're uh, getting beat pretty good, I think, by the Clippers right now, down by about 20, it looks like. But even still, they'll be, I think, like 12 and 6 after this loss I tonight. 12 and 5, maybe you're right, yeah. No, I... um. But again, a team that was supposed to be maybe in... Well, here's the tough part about the LeBron argument, and this is what a lot of the critics are going to say is, what if AD was playing on a team, or what if uh, Giannis was playing on a team with AD? Yeah. You know, they're going to, that's what they're always going to say. What if, what if, what if he had the surrounding cast that LeBron has? What if Doncic had the surrounding cast that LeBron has? So that's always going to be the talking point for any of the critics, but I mean, let's be real. The way LeBron's playing right now with those blue basketballs that he's trying to drain, he uh, he's the MVP in my mind. And the Lakers are the best team in the in the NBA as well. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, one hundred and twenty-five percent, one hundred and twenty-three percent. Did you see room, what I did there? One hundred twenty-three percent. Oh, I like that LeBron. See that? Yep, there it was. Pretty good. Yep. Well, uh, what else do we have? I want to talk about how about uh, twenty-five points, Carmelo Anthony. Oh yeah, that's uh, we talked about it last time, so we might as there, well bring it up. And there was another big performance we'll talk about after that too that I just remembered. Well, that's all I really got. And um, right on cue, yeah. off-road Andy enters the building talking about basketball. He's finished. He's our- making his turkey. Turkey and is he's, basted. He's coming into the building. We were just we wanted to double check. It's a twenty-five pound turkey you were cooking, right? Uh, you have to confirm with Honey Baked Ham on that one. <laughs> <laughs> honey Baked Ham. You're going to go stand in a big line tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. So, so am I in here? I'm, 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 oh, yeah. You are on, Andy. Say All right. Word. All right. We, uh, Welcome. We're just discussing uh, Carmelo Anthony's 25-point game. And did they win? Did they win? Oh, I think uh, they, they did they win, did but win. they're still 6-12. and 12, so. They are 6-12. and 12. They did win. Carmelo Dame's still Anthony hurt. Yeah. Their, their best uh, yeah. uh, Spotlight of the season so far. And we were also talking about if you want to chime in on how um, at this point in time, LeBron James is the unanimous MVP of the of the NBA. Um, if you wanted to chime in on that, too. There's plenty of guys. No, actually, I would give it to him at <laughs> okay. this point. Oh, well, I was thinking about that. Uh, I, think we were, I mean, we weren't unanimous. I think we were joking a little well, bit. Well, I was it. joking, obviously. But I mean, Andy No, Bruce. I mean, I, I I saw some discussion where it's like, it's going to be Giannis or Luka. And I'm like, wait, okay, That's LeBron exactly right now. Like, it's not going to hold up. Well, we were saying the argument, too, Andy, that like, no matter what, the critics are always going to say, oh, well, if those guys were playing with AD and, you know, the Lakers, and then yeah. it would be different for them, too. So, uh, but that's kind of where we were to catch you up, finish a little college football. Now we're on the basketball action, talking about Melo's 25-point game with a dub for the uh, Blazers, and that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, I think and what I did want to say really quick, and he, Andy actually also wanted to 
talk about this was the other big performance of the week was Zach Levine. 13 three-pointers. Uh, 13 three-pointers, 49 points, but even more so doing it the game after, I think it was the day after, too, that his coach benched him for his complaint about what his defense it was or something. Yeah, it was just overall lack of effort. Lack so. of effort, and he and he got pissed off at the coach and basically said, like, I don't like this guy. Like, I can't trust somebody that doesn't trust me. Comes out the next night, 49 points, 13 threes, and then anybody that hasn't seen the end of that game, it was against the Charlotte Hornets, I believe. You yes. got to see the end of it because they were down five with about seven seconds. They, they hit, hit a three. Step back, right? They get a steal. He grabs it. And instead of just trying to grab it there and go into the rim, he acted like it was like, you know, they were playing half court hoops and he had to check the ball up yeah. and ran all the way behind the three point line, turned around, threw it up and drained it with about what? 0.6 left 0.7 and got them a one point victory. And that was pretty cool. Very impressive. It was impressive. For a guy that's known for his, his dunking abilities. Oh, yeah, especially in NBA trays. Yeah, did you show Joe that performance? We have a good inside joke from a few years ago when uh, I was playing NBA 2K against Wrecking Ball, so a, a voice that you guys all know. And uh, I just kept driving in with Levine, and I probably had like 50 points with him and just all dunks, and Joe just couldn't stop it. <laughs> the, game, the game was like broken. It was just like automatic. <laughs> yeah, it was I a was glitch. Like just, you put that cheat code in, <laughs> XXBX up, down, Y. <laughs> I like playing NFL blitz or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Making everybody invisible. <laughs> no, the guys, the guys are very impressive. Yeah, he it's is dunker. So, but uh, that's, a, that's a big feat. I think now it's time to get into the meat and potatoes, Sean. Yeah, let's uh, switch it over to NFL. Yeah, this was a uh, a big week in the NFL. I don't even know uh, where do you guys want to even start with it. Well, we I think a, always starting with Thursday just makes Thursday night game. Well, I don't even remember what the Thursday game was. Thursday now. night it's game so was oh, the Houston. Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Uh, at the time, it was the six and four uh, Texans and the six and four Colts. Um, obviously, that changed uh, the line on the game: Colts seventeen, Texans twenty. So they took that game at home um, on an okay performance from Deshaun Watson. Uh, and a great defensive effort from the Colts. They have a, they have a, a real good defense. But, um, yeah, that was a Thursday night game. Pretty entertaining for a Thursday night game, mm. considering most Thursday night games so, are pretty boo-boo. Uh, how is the Texans' defensive line? Well, they're banged up. Because what that game looked like to me from the box score and just from what I was seeing is it looked like Colts had a game plan of, our offensive line versus your defensive line and wanted to run the ball a lot. But that's been their game plan for most of the year, I think. I know, I know it has, but I'm saying it just seemed like it really was that night. Like they were like, they liked that matchup and honestly it made them almost win the game. I mean, that would have been a huge road win for them. But instead now... Yeah, I think they, they'd already beat the Texans earlier. That's an, yeah, so they, they I, I believe they beat the Texans already the earlier in the year and that was an, an interdivision game with the teams at the same record. So that's pretty big for the division yep. there. Um, Texans... You know, uh, with, I think, uh, what was it? Um, not Willie Sneed. Who's playing for Will Fuller had a big game for them. Um, yeah, he came back. That was his first game back in like a month. It was. Deshaun, Deshaun like Watson was, was scrambling so. around quite a bit because the Colts got a pretty stout defense. But yeah, uh, he made it happen at, at the end there, too. Yes, he did. So it's nice to have a competitive Thursday night game. Um, so we could transition into another... Not a great game, but something awesome that happened that we should talk about was Broncos Bills played in that early slate. Yep. Final score twenty to three. That Bills, Bills. moved to eight and three uh, on the year, which yeah, is that's impressive. Surprising if you were talking to me at the beginning of the year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Josh Allen just finds a way to get it done. 
whether it's with his feet, whether it's with his arm. Certain teams, mostly lot, with his feet. In my opinion, there's a lot of teams this year that don't win being flashy. They just move the they ball. Yep. They have a solid defense, a good enough defense, and they. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Joe Flacco goes down early in the year. Where the hell's Drew Locke? They he, they he went was, they went up to pick him and what the end of the he was on IR round? to start the season was he on IR to start the season um, they but he's, him? Now, he's available <laughs> yeah, now and yeah they said like well, why not because this Brandon Allen's not the guy no no so, one of those Allen guys is yeah no, give, give Drew Lock a chance now but that's that was a battle of the Allen talk are. about too in that game was I think Allen was held to like eighty passing yards or something really and their leading receiver was Philip Lindsay didn't have a good game either was Cortland Sutton was their leading receiver with one catch for like twenty seven yards or something that like is that. disturbing. Can you imagine, yeah, so Buffalo uh, their their cornerback Tredavious White has really like taken a huge step up and it's like remember they had Stefan Gilmore too it's like. Yeah, they did. They, they, they got kept, rid of him. Yeah, they could have had a really nasty well, defense. Because Gilmore, we'll talk about later, because I believe he was covering Amari Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. So well, when we get well, to that game, we'll have something to say about that. Yeah, and for the Broncos, tough to go into the season with Joe Flacco thinking he's going to do anything. Yeah, but yeah, I could have told John Elway <laughs> is John Elway couldn't find a quarterback if it hit him in the side of the head. Also, John Elway, how much more time does John Elway have? He, there? Well, he's a Broncos legend, so probably as much as he wants. Yeah, which but, is kind of. But he hires. A I heard. Uh, <laughs> I, from what I understand, Vic Fangio's not great with the youth in the locker room. I mean, the guy's been a defensive coordinator for 30 years, and he's just got his first head coaching job. Um, so I think they maybe brought him in for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, I obviously we like to say defense wins championships, but uh, he just apparently what I'm hearing is he lost the control of the locker room. Um, he can't really relate to his guys, and they're not playing too hard for him. And, I mean, when your quarterback is leaving the game with 80 yards – Things aren't going very well. Yeah, definitely. But highlight of that game would be Mr. Frankie Gore, who I think we should talk about a little bit and praise him. Yeah, he uh, is now the third all-time rushing leader, only behind Emmett Smith, who's number one, and number two. I believe it's Walter Payton. Yeah, Walter so. Payton, okay. I yeah. believe it's Walter Payton. I honestly and just had a brain so, fart there. So a couple <laughs> things for me. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I was a big Miami Hurricane guy in like the early 2000s. That Sean Taylor, Clinton Portis, Shockey. Patrick Willis, Jeremy Shockey, Frank Gore. What great teams those were. So Kelly Winslow Jr. A, I mean, let's ignore him, actually. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a rapist. Um, no, so it's amazing to me that Frank Gore is still in this league doing what he does. Oh, 100%. But I will steal his thunder here a little bit. What's more amazing is freaking Barry Sanders, man. That's what I said, actually. Can you believe Barry? Uh, he quit at a very young age. He only played, retired, ten, he played 10. He played 10 years in the NFL. Frank Gore's in his 15th year. It took Frank Gore 500 more carries to beat Barry Sanders how many, than Barry Sanders How many had. years did Emmett Smith and Walter Payton play? Uh, so Bar Emmett Smith, I believe, had 1,400 more carries than Barry Sanders did, and he's number one all time. Yeah. So that's just crazy to me that Barry Sanders was able to do what he was able to do in a decade. I mean, great for Frank Gore. Loved the guy. Like I said, it was a big you guy back in the early 2000s when he was playing there. But I think that, unfortunately for him, which I don't think he's a very big eye guy anyways – it just kind of points out how amazing Barry Sanders were when you see something like that. Like 500 less carries, that's pretty astonishing. 10 less years. Yeah, so I said Walter Payton played – I mean, not Walter Payton. Emmett Smith played 14 years, and Walter Payton uh, – let me see here. Walter Payton played – With a leather helmet. Yeah. <laughs> he played about 12 years. So they all did play more. Yeah. But I also feel did. like – 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe back then did they hand the ball off more? They sure did hand the ball off more. So yeah, that's the, a known thing. The funny thing with Barry Sanders is that like he is one of those guys like, well, he retired early, and it's like, actually, he had a pretty normal running back career by our standards now. now. Especially, yeah, oh, especially I mean, now. the average length of the average career length in the NFL is like four years. I think people just still yeah. thought he was really good, and it just surprised yeah. them. But hey, man, you know your body, and especially nowadays, it's like when now you're hearing more about that the CTE and stuff like that and all that stuff that, you know, he, he maybe just listened to his body and he was just over it. Cause, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the NFL is doing that, like their top hundred thing. Yeah. They, and they, they put out there. the running backs and you know, something that I, I was sensitive about was, uh, Tomlinson did not make the top 100. Oh, wow. So really? They, they, named, they named 12 running backs and he wasn't in there and there was no running back. Emmett Smith is the most recent running back on that list. And so I was just thinking about it. Uh, like Tomlinson really only played, he really only played as a starter for about seven years. Yeah, he yeah. And then sense. he, uh, I mean, he got hurt last year with the Chargers and was ineffective, and then went to the Jets and was a backup for a couple of years. Yeah, and it was like it was over. Didn't do much there. He went yeah. from like MVP to out of the league in three years. Yeah, that happens, Sander, that happens. That happens to a lot of running yep. backs. It really yeah. does. Yep. Chris Johnson, I feel like he was similar to that. Yeah. I don't know if he ever. Priest he ever Holmes leave? too. Priest Holmes had a couple big MVP years, and then he just fell off the cliff and too. Speaking of Priest Holmes, the guy that took over from Larry Johnson, he was big. That's why, especially doing fantasy football for so many years. It's like you just remember all those guys that were the top running backs for like three, four years, and all of a sudden they're just nowhere to be found anymore. Aaron Foster was another one. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes Frank Gore so impressive. Is yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> 15 years of doing it is. And I heard yeah. him in his press conference too, and he talked about how he's like, yeah, you know, I, I just like, I, I still can perform. I still could pick up yards, and I'm still having fun. And I was going to say, has for a guy said, that takes a beating like that, I don't know how you're having Has he said this is even his last season? Nope, he has not conceded so, this is I mean, his last season. And he does look like he's having fun. He looks like a very respectable guy, too. Like You could tell people probably, which when is, he talks, they listen. Which is pretty rare coming out of the U for yeah. those guys back yeah. then. Yep. Well, but, he got, he got a, a good range of experience starting with those Niners teams that were really bad. And then he got the upset team, came up with Alex Smith and was yeah. a championship contender. And then yeah. now he's just bounced around and... It's like, yeah, he is that locker room guy, but also he wants to go out there and run the ball still. Mm-hmm. So. He's he's probably the best ever at just falling forward and getting yards. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's been better than him at falling. He's probably the greatest faller of all time. The guy just always picks up something, positive yardage no matter what. But so um, next game, we don't really need to talk about it, I don't think. Giants-Bears, another stinker. Don't really want to get into that too much. We're going to talk about the Bears a little bit here later on. Um, we could talk about the uh, your team here, Anthony. Steelers, Bengals. Uh, Bengals are still the number one team in the NFL. Um, they're <laughs> still in pole position to be the number one team in the NFL for the Tanker Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so they got that they going are, yep. for them. They're the only winless team. Yeah, and they're I, in the pole position by I, two wins. I've been a Steelers fan a long time. I know my team, especially with uh, Juju out, Connor out. I knew it wasn't going to be a walk in the park. I 100% knew that. Going in there in Cincinnati, I knew it wouldn't be a walk in the park. And Mason Rudolph looked like, you know, I went from like, I hate Miles Garrett for what he did to like, I wish he just would have killed him at that point. <laughs> See, as I was saying last week, you wish he would have just murdered him right there but on the spot. Mason Rudolph, and we also wanted to point out that his, you'd like to talk about his head. B- big big face Mace <laughs> is, what I, is what I'm referring to him as now. But he just looked awful. And then I loved it that. Finally, Tomlin had enough and was like, I cannot lose to these guys. Because surprisingly, they are actually technically right now the sixth seed after they won 16 yeah. to 10 this past yeah. weekend. Yep. He brings in, what is it, Devin, Devlin Hodges? Duck yeah. Hodges. Yeah. yeah, brings in Hodges. His second pass is like a 76-yard touchdown pass to James Washington. 
Yeah. Well, I happened to pick up in fantasy this week, so that happened to be like a very that big works. touchdown for me. And uh, ended up they were ended up winning the game after that because of that strong defense. And I remember I was watching a, the drive where the Bengals were only down three and they were driving, and I said, I need a big stealer turnover here, and if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Fitzpatrick. And sure enough, there was that play. Minka's had a great year. Bush, Bush hits the ball out of his hand, and Fitzpatrick's right there to scoop it up. And well, You know, the Bengals have played some close games this year, man. They could easily have two, three wins. Yeah. Um, and from what I've heard today, they're going to go back to the Red Rifle. So he'll be back yeah, under center next Against, week. And I think they're playing the Jets. I believe so, I yeah. think at that point, they're just saying, let's not lose every game. Like, Correct. I mean, it is embarrassing. I know you have your people that think like, oh, they're going to tank, tank. But it's like, trust me, nobody wants to lose every week. <laughs> Let me throw a thetical at you here. Um, they're going to win the Tanker Bowl, it looks like, right? So yeah. who are you taking? Who are you taking one overall? And Andy, who are you, who are you taking? You got Joe Burrow, Tua, who's hurt right now, Chase Daniels. You got a couple options there. If you're the Bengals, who are you taking? I mean, it's got to be Burrow. You think so? Tua's injury, and then, like I said, I, I was a Herbert guy, and that I don't think he's he's number one guy, Tucked. but I, I'd like him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not not too good this weekend. So No, it was not. I think, I think you would have to go Burrow, too. I think you'd have to go Burrow or maybe still Herbert. I feel like there's something about Herbert that maybe he's – he might just be a good suit for a pro-style quarterback, but I just think because Burrow can move the ball pretty decent on the ground, which he I like. And, and he's today, big. And he's, and he's, NFL, and he's a tall. Just, well, Herbert's big too. But yeah, in Herbert, today's NFL, Herbert's just really too seems, big maybe. It really seems like you need somebody that can run the ball, at least get out of like struggling situations. Well, I like that. See, that that's exactly my mentality. I would take Burrow as well because, one, he's, he's mobile. He's big. He, he's got a nice arm. He can throw the ball. But, you know, he comes from a football family. His dad was, uh, I believe, offensive coordinator at Ohio University for the last 15 years. So you like a guy that has that type of pedigree. You want a guy in the NFL that's got an IQ uh, and that can that can um, really know what he's talking about when he's on the field. So Sounds kind of like Andrew Luck. So kind of like Andrew Luck. you got to ask, do you have a Andrew passion Luck for architecture? had a fantastic career. Yeah. But at least he's not like a Josh Rosen who said that his uh, ultimate life goal was to play on center court at Wimbledon. Yeah. That's a guy you definitely don't take. But I agree. I think Joe Burrow's the guy, too. Um, you guys want to talk about the Dolphins and the Browns at all? I just mentioned that Cleveland's still alive. And Baker's yeah. been playing lights out so, the last three I mean, weeks. They, they have a chance. I mean, they're going to play the Steelers again um, this next week. week. This week they're playing the Steelers. Oh. And the interesting thing is that Mason Rudolph, we should have mentioned that. I meant to has been announced that Hodges will start. So yep. it's kind of funny that Mason Rudolph, who this whole thing happened, he's not actually even going to be starting in that game. Whether right. he comes in or not will be determined. But What if it was true that he did say the N-word? In that well, that's what I was telling Anthony. Sure. <laughs> the grand wizard over there, Mason yeah, Rudolph. I mean, hey. Like, no. uh, uh, nah, I, he was sucking and pounced. He's like, no, he did say it. He did say it, Tomlin. <laughs> he just put yeah, it out I mean, there. You know, I mean, the, the words that probably do – I mean, and you know this. You played for a while. The words that do get said out there, I can only imagine. Yeah. Especially when I, there is – Tempers flaring and people are upset over certain well, things. Well, but, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. They there are obviously words that are said out there, but there's also words Miles that, Garrett doesn't wait a damn week to tell people about it if that's the case. Yeah, he's shouting it from the rooftops. So, yeah. Uh, fun fact: Did you know why they call him Duck Hodges? Yeah, because he's a, a duck caller. He was a junior yeah, world champion duck Luke's, caller. Honestly, is probably would be his favorite player if he knew. It's he, pretty he awesome. Played a lot of duck hunt on the Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah exactly. they probably did. Honestly, for sure. I mean, although um, a little young. Also, that. I think it's good to note here from the Browns' perspective that uh, they are three and zero since Swagger Junior came around. 
So that's a big stat as well. I don't know if you about know about this, but the original Swagger was their mascot, a big bull mastiff. Uh, and he moved along. So his son, Swagger Jr., <laughs> is now the mascot. Took over three games ago. Browns are 3-0 and under Swagger Jr. So well, just also, a fun fact. Also, I just want to point out how it's like, I was listening to Colin Coward a long time ago, and how just he even said from the beginning, like, this is what we all expected. They had a tough schedule to start. It was, was going to be a struggling offensive line, a first-year coach, that he expected, like, hey, they're going to start off slow, and then their schedule eases up, and that they will end up, you know, meshing together soon, and... Honestly, if they do beat the Steelers this weekend, I think that Browns... They could run the table and make yeah. the playoffs, man. The only team that they really have to play left is the Ravens. Yeah. They well, have they a and the Steelers have to play the Ravens schedule. I mean, it, yeah, I like Andy said, that is one of the Ravens' two losses also. It is one of the Ravens' two losses. I don't even know I who think the other that, one was. Chiefs. Um, yeah. I think that the Ravens um, will still be playing for something at that point in time because oh, be they're going to be, be playing for home field advantage. And so it's not like it's going to be end of the game where they're going to be throwing it or saving guys. So that's going to be tough for the Browns. But other than that game, if you look at their remaining schedule, there's a real good shot they have to run the table, in which case I think they're making the playoffs. Yeah, I, th- I look at those con- – Tenders there for the uh, last wild card spot. It's not that impressive. No, it's really yeah, not. It's, Tennessee I, might be the best. Team. AFC's I mean, I was, t- I was looking at it. It's, AFC's really top loaded. It's Steelers at six and five. And the only thing keeping the Steelers alive is that, in my opinion, I, I'm not being biased. It's an incredible defense. Sure. It's in a young defense. So I think that's what's keeping them going. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, those are but really I, the guys. But I agree. Together. But then you look at the other six and five teams right now. It's the Raiders, who did they play the Chiefs this week? I think it's going to be rest in peace they, for them. Did they beat the Chiefs earlier this year? No, they lost no, to the Chiefs. Mahomes annihilated them. That's they beat right. them last year. They beat them last year. On That's like what a Thursday I'm night about. game. Yep, was... I remember that. And then it's the Colts and Titans, both six and five, also. And and then you know the Bills are eight and three, but I don't think anyone of those teams are catching the Bills the way they're playing. Although they do have a tough game this week, which we'll get into. No, in our the, turkey eight, picks. the eight and three Bills are probably going to be that first wild card spot, I would say. So here's the Browns, really quick. Their remaining schedule at the Steelers, home against the Bengals, dub at the Cardinals, dub. Home against the Ravens, which so at least that game's home, and they have so, already beat them. They have. They have their number. And then at the Bengals. So there dub, is dub, a very dubs. good chance that they do That's end the season. That's what I'm saying. So, 5-0, so, and I think at least 4-1. Okay, I think, so, so let's say, they, so let's say they, 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 they go 4-1 and one in those last five. What's that put them at for the year? What are they at, what are they at right now? It's 9-7. I think you're at least it, tied it, for... It could be. It'll, they'll, yeah. it'll definitely be tied Tiebreakers. for a six spot. So at that point, so it, it depends on what the tiebreaker is. Yeah. Head-to-head. It's going to be close. Be very interesting. Don't be surprised if they do sneak in as a six seed. And if they are, and you figure you play like a three seed, I mean, that could be a matchup with either the Ravens or the Chiefs in the first round, possibly. Yeah. Let me not. Don't forget Swagger Jr. Very important stuff there. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Moving on here. Uh, The pretty much other than (laughs) one of the highest scoring games of the weekend was um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Jameis, I'll either throw a touchdown or throw an interception Winston. There is no in-between. Uh, don't have much to say about that, to be honest with you. Both teams are are struggling. We will talk about the Falcons a little bit as they are playing on Thanksgiving Day this week. Anything to put input about those that, that game, guys? Uh, no. I mean, there's, you can't expect anything from I mean, I think the only thing you can kind of talk about is at least Godwin looked like he showed up again for the first time in a well, you know, him and Evans are, I think, both in the top five in the league in re- just re- receiving they're, yards. They're, I believe they're two and three or three and four. Yeah. But they're both right behind each other. I think they well, might be two and three. I know Bruce, Thomas is number one. Bruce Arians historically just wants to throw the ball downfield. Oh, yeah. If you remember him with the he's, Cardinals. He's a quarterback that can do it. Right. And even when he was with uh, Carson Palmer and, you know, 
Lindley and all those guys when Paul Palmer was hurt. Guy just threw the ball downfield, and Jameis Winston's not scared to do that. So um, fun game to watch. They're a fun team to watch because, like I said, Jameis is either going to throw a pick or he's going to throw a 70-yard touchdown. There's really no in-between with that guy. So that was good. Uh, surprising, uh, Surprisingly close game, uh, Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, the Panthers kicker missed a oh, short field goal. And he missed two PATs. He missed yeah. two, two PATs. PATs as I, I think as his fantasy just, owner, it was very tough. Was it just one well, field goal he's he had a, or two? One field goal, I think yeah. two PATs. And here's he's been thing. very good at like long kicks this year. So. He's uh, a right second now, highest scoring fantasy that, kicker of the year behind Gay from Tampa Bay. He was in his own head at the end there for sure because he had missed a couple extra points. He's right there from 28 away, and you do get in your head. It's almost like he w- probably wishes he was kicking that from 48 because it takes off the pressure. Like, oh, if I miss this, yeah, it was whatever. It was still yard. like a 50-yard field goal, but it was 28-yard field goal. It's like, I don't care, man. You're in the NFL. Anything below 30 yards should be not even like thought of. It should be a layup. Yep. Yep. You're right. Unless it gets blocked. Unless well, someone well, that's why they That's it. why they moved the PAT back, right? And I love that. That was one of my shots. favorite decisions that they ever did. I hate it. So. Yeah. You hate it? You hate it, huh? I feel like there's got to be. I mean, a, I kind of just hate special too teams much like kicking, like in general, because I think it's too. Flippy. Would you get Would you get rid of the uh, uh, kickoffs? If he you likes could? it like NFL blitz, I, where he just I hit a button. Yeah. And it was like it's <laughs> no, honestly, yeah, I'd, I'd really feel like get inside the twenty automatic field. Okay, goal, how about this then? Or just start at the twenty-five and just get rid of kickers. Because okay. I've, I've exciting, seen it too many though. times where it's like, why is the kicker involved in the game? They're not the team; they're just the kicker. Like, sure, I'm sure Bills fans feel that way. They lost the Super Bowl. It's well, like, I mean, kickers, I mean, they really don't get much praise. They just get the shit when it, it comes it, their way. It is so funny to think about the kicker really quick is that how you do think of that player and they are always kind of like thought of or it's just like, oh, it's the kicker. Like no one probably even like it's half those guys. Probably don't, I've never even talked to their kicker, but it's like they are the ones that come in in literally the most pressure situations. Well, let me remind like, you too. Insane. Do you know who the um, the leading scorer in the history of the NFL is? Yeah. Oh, Brian. Adam Vinatieri. Vinatieri. Oh, well, I think it was Brian at one point. Not Brian. Uh, who am I thinking Might of? Anderson. Anderson. Morton Anderson. It was. Yeah, but Vinatieri is the leading scorer in the oh, history of the NFL. Oh, he's looked this year. Well, <laughs> yeah, he had I mean, the laces out. He had the laces in on that one miss. It's been tough Steelers, for him. Baby. But he's a legend. Yeah, so. he is. He is a legend. He has had some of the clutchest kicks in probably NFL history. And I think that Raider one, I think, is still yeah. most clutch in my opinion. Yep. And that snow I game. I just think field goals are dumb. I've always thought like in the NBA, you get fouled, you go to the free throw line, you're still shooting a basket. Kicking is like if you got fouled, you had to like bowl a strike or something. It's like a totally different fucking sport. Well, like, it is called football, so there's got to be some sort of level of there. foot in the ball here. I don't know. It makes things exciting kind of because you just see like, like Andy said, the flukiness. I mean, yeah. we think back to that Alabama-Auburn game. When we the guy kicks the fifth, oh, and he took the yard, and he ends up returning it to the house. We wouldn't have that really cool Ron Rivera Pepsi commercial. <laughs> that, that too, also. Riverboat Ron. There are some good commercials. Uh, speaking of commercials, for whatever reason, I decided to watch today the John Elway Vortex commercial. <laughs> oh, nice. I haven't even seen that. Nice. It's when it says, like, I'm John Elway and I can throw a football 90 yards. And then it's like, this guy's like, well, look at me, John. And he's got like the vortex and he throws it and it's like, a hundred yards. <laughs> yeah. Farther than John throws it. <laughs> I remember those commercials. You just you oh, chuck yeah. the shit out of it. Oh, the vortex, the Nerf vortex. Yeah, they talking about. Oh, you love it. that. Yeah, just whistle. I always had the silver and blue one. Okay. It was like the silver ball with the blue tails on it. Yeah, I liked that one. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of commercials, I'm glad that there's no more uh, orange vanilla Coke. That was a terrible commercial. Oh, I don't even know that one. I don't know what. 
You don't wow. remember the orange vanilla Coke last year in the college football and NFL season? All I that think was of, the biggest. Wow. Uh, the only college football commercials I know are those fucking Dr. Pepper ones. No, that guy retired. That's well, very sad. Listen, our, our listeners are going to know the orange vanilla Coke reference, and I know you're laughing okay. in your cars right now. So. I drank that product. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> See, it worked. It, it's very, Subliminal messaging. No, it it worked. It was not good by itself, but it was good with some whiskey. It's good little mix. <laughs> okay. Oh, there we okay. go. It's like a redneck old-fashioned right little there. A little citrus in there. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. I like that. Um, well, if you guys uh, have any input on Seahawks, Eagles. Seahawks took down the no. Eagles at home, 17-9. I hate that that was the game that was on TV. It was a bad game. Wow. Yeah, that was a it really was. Watch. I mean, that's, Mac Collins or whatever. That was that's back-to-back. Back, uh, See, that's, that's like a... That's a, that's like Russell Wilson's favorite victory. You know, he doesn't want to beat a team like 40 to nothing. He wants oh, to beat you like 17 Unless it's the Super Bowl. Unless it's the Super Bowl, right. So we'll leave that one alone. Uh, well, what I do enjoy about that is that uh, the Eagles rookie receiver, J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Arcega Whiteside. But they all have to do that like Spanish pronunciation. Ar- Ar- Arcega <laughs> like, White. Like, oh, God. Like, it's like Ibiza. Yeah, it's... Arthega Whiteside. It's yeah. worth it. It's worth it having. You, you know, know what's funny? I listened to that game and I heard him say that. And I was like, oh, he just lisped for yeah. for no reason. And now you're telling me it was on purpose. And now my mind's blown. Very interesting. But big kid out of Stanford. So I hope he has a decent career. Um, another toilet bowl here. Lions uh, lost to the Redskins by a field goal. Dwayne Haskins, as we know, uh, missed the kneel down because he was taking selfies with fans. Out of way, Dwayne. Uh, Lions fall to three and seven. I'm a big backup quarterback guy, as being a former freshman backup quarterback my and sophomore year backup quarterback myself, believe it or not. Only backup quarterback to ever switch to center in the history of football. That's a fucking fact. Go ahead and check it. Um, so I, I do I am a fa- I'm fond of the backup quarterback, but Driscoll just couldn't get it done. Um, Lions, who seemed like they had a good defense at the beginning of the year. Defense has really fallen off. They got Matt Patricia, who's supposed to be the defensive specialist over there, not doing much with the Lions per usual. We'll get into them talking about they're, their Thanksgiving game that yeah, they'll probably they're lose. They're way again. better than their 3-7 and 1 record. I yeah. But it seems like this is good for them. Go get like a top 5 pick, go get a game changer on defense. Or well, something. they'll probably just draft a wide receiver that'll be a bust again. Yeah. So that won't really work out. Take up Charles well Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Sean, you would be very upset with that reference. Why? That guy like died like it was like a month ago or something. So that upsets me. You always say I point out the. Uh, well, you're ominous, Andy. Uh, we expect it from you now. Uh, I actually feel really bad. That guy had a uh, seemed like a rough life. Yeah, that he was a bust, and then kind of probably drugs, that kind of stuff. Drugs are drugs are tough. Yeah. Drug drugs are bad. Yeah. Well, speaking of drugs, next game. Uh, the Raiders got absolutely shellacked so, by the Mr. Mono himself, I'm going Sam to Darnold. Point this out. That was my, and I was saying it all week. I actually even told one of my buddies this week that if he had a, this was on like Wednesday, that if he had a spare thousand dollars, he should throw it on the. Really, Jets. you had that one because the reason I liked that game so much was because number one, car was going. They were going across the country all the way from west coast to east, and they've been traveling too. John, John uh, Gruden talked about it in his post game, and then. The other, my biggest thing though was I'm a big believer in like the look ahead game, and I knew that I felt like they were already thinking of Kansas City because it's like especially those look ahead games are big when you're especially playing a bad team the week before because you just right. don't have that focus on that bad team. They're already thinking of the Chiefs, knowing hey, if we win this game, we're seven and four. We play the seven and four Chiefs. Hell, if we win that game, we're in first place. Right. And now it's like hey, if we beat the Chiefs, you know we'll still be tied with them. But it's like so you think they just glazed right over the Jets? 
I wouldn't say completely glazed over them because it is the NFL. You always have to be prepared for teams, but I would say win. I felt like they didn't have their full attention. I don't think was on the Jets that day. And Sam Darnold had a good game against some of the defense, and Carr looked just pretty bad. At he's moments. just a guy, dude. I'm he's not a, a I'm not a Derek Carr fan. Um, he's, he's a worse got, version, I think, of the good version of Alex Smith. That's a great analogy, and just smaller hands. <laughs> He's just got smaller hands too. That's that's a big little, issue. Little him. Yoda hands. Little Yoda hands, like the guy from, uh, you know, my strong hand. And he's got oh, the mashed potatoes. Speaking movie, of Thanksgiving, scary movie Perfect too. Timing. There we go. Yep, exactly. So, thirty-four-three uh, was the final there, folks. The Jets yeah. up to four and seven. Uh, Raiders uh, moved to six and five. Surprising record on the year for the Raiders. It is. I feel like um, I think they've already like hit their over under total for wins. Uh, they're and they exactly still, six. Okay. Yeah. Exactly I mean, six was it? Looked uh, back. I think next week we're gonna do an update on our. Okay. We uh, yeah, did over unders for the season. Did you? So uh, right now of teams that have already like hit their over or under, um, you're zero and five, and I'm one and four. Oh, so. wow. oh we're doing good so doing far. Very good. nice. <laughs> Wait, and we got actually we have our turkey picks coming up here soon. I, uh, so uh, listen for those. Yeah, take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. <laughs> yes. Be careful. Keep it low. I have to say, I be, um, I had a wager with a good go. friend who will be listening to this podcast, and I said that no shot in fucking hell that the Raiders win more than five games this year. So <laughs> I owe twenty dollars already. I'll eat that one. Um, but I still think they suck. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 34 to 4, Jets over the Raiders. Uh, the Titans somehow put up 42 on the Jags. I love Derrick Henry. I, would, I, I was saying all week that if I had two, even if I had two daughters, I would name them Derrick and then Henry. Yes. <laughs> even if they were girls. Yes. Um, After you did say that last night to me, and I do remember and that. And the list Weird names, now. but. Uh, Derek Katsavalas, how are you, honey? Oh, I'm doing very good. That thank doesn't, you. Uh, that doesn't work out so well. Um, so Ryan Tannehill considers continues to probably be the best mediocre worst quarterback in the history of the NFL. Um, I don't know how he does it sometimes, but he does. Derrick Henry's has a lot to do with that. Obviously, they moved to six and five, which is surprising on the year. Um, they still got a matchup. I think two matches up, two games against the Texans. They should right. They should so have a couple games against. They can the win Texans. that division. They sure can. Um, and that, well, that's a tough. I mean, that's it's a sneaky tough division with the Texans, the Colts, yeah. and the Titans. It's sneaky tough because you wouldn't think uh, that all those teams would be. It seems like that every year, though. Same it, thing last it year. It is a weird. It is a weird division in football. That's for sure. Because remember the Titans. The Titans. Okay, great, the movie, well. great movie. Great uh, movie. Great movie. They could have <laughs> made the playoffs last year. They had that final game. I was yeah, the they could have. You know, yeah. I remember that game. We were at a, a good friend's wedding. We were. There. It was we, the night before. Whose wedding was that? Uh, Sir Matthew Jules, if he's oh the New Year's that was New Year's. Yeah, it was the it was the day before. It was the Sunday night football game. It That's, was oh you're Colts and Titans because I remember watching that and being like oh this decides who's going to win. It was like a rainy yep. game, shitty game, and yeah, I think Andrew, Andrew Luck outdid him. He did. That was was that Andrew? That was Andrew Luck's yeah, second last game. Andrew Luck, yeah. Rest in yeah, peace, Andrew they, Luck. Uh, his last game was a slaughter, I think, to the Chiefs. Yep. I think they made that game look closer than it actually was. I think the Chiefs outplayed them that entire game. Yep. So Titans six and five, Cow- or excuse me, Jaguars to four and seven, and then uh, remember in that division we got the Texans at seven and four that beat the Colts this week. They go to six and five, so logjam in that division. Um, let's see if that has any um, wild card implications as well. The next game, which was one of the best games, worst best games of the week, I would say, was uh, America's team at America's team, <laughs> Cowboys at the Patriots. Um, that ended up being a thirteen to nine final. With the Patriots moving to ten and one, Cowboys down to six and five, still leading that division as well. Um, 
we know that the Patriots defense is stout. What's pretty impressive to me is that the Cowboys have the number one offense in the NFL, and they held them to nine points. Was that three field goals? It was. It was three. Yeah. I actually th- watched that game. Did you? I did. Sean watched that game. Because I watched some football. I watch football. <laughs> no, I At the end there, one. they went for a another field goal. That's right, for no reason. When it was like they could have. What was it? Six, what was the final score? Thirteen nine. Yeah, so it's thirteen six. And then yeah. they went and they the kicked the field goal. goal with like five minutes left, which is they oh, might that's not even right. Get the ball back. And then and Jerry Jones didn't go for Devore on the fourth down, which is the big controversy yeah. this I week. Thought, or not Jerry I Jones. I think there Jesus. was actually like six. Jason and a half. Garrett, same fucking thing, right? I think there was like six and a half minutes. And I remember thinking at the time like that. I didn't think that was an awful idea because I felt like if they were to get that ball back, then it would at least be a touchdown or so. Because remember they got the. I mean, a, a touchdown could win it instead of just tie it. Because remember they did get that ball back, and then nothing happened. And then Patriots got oh, the ball. Oh, something happened. Or they? Uh, well, I know they went. Then could have they? They got Talking went for the fourth down. The trip. Oh, oh I didn't even. The, we're doing air quotes for everybody listening. We're doing air quotes out there. The trip. Well, regardless, what I'm getting at is they had the ball. They, you know, whatever well, turned it over on downs. Yeah. Patriots got the ball back, and then they still got the ball back with like what one second left? I guess they did. But, that yeah. was hilarious. I want to talk about that. If you oh, saw that, the Patriots go. ran the right play. With about five seconds yeah, left. There's exactly five seconds. Brady dropped back and then just threw it as high as he could and let the ball come down and bounce. The <laughs> yeah. clock doesn't stop until the ball hits down. Yeah, that clock stayed stopped. You watch it. As soon as it hits one second, the clock just stops and yeah. it's still up in the air. But then also some dumbass Marine came out and went to go catch it. <laughs> what? Like, what happened? Yeah, and like, okay. It's like, he's like, I, I'm going to catch a ball from Tom Brady. I'm going to tell my kids <laughs> he <laughs> dropped it. <laughs> Having a catch. <laughs> Well, with all due respect, let's not call our Marines yeah, dumbasses, we, okay? We, we, okay, <laughs> not in general, but Thank that you for your was, service, all Marines out there. Yeah, absolutely. We I don't do. know what he was doing. Like, oh, Tom Brady, got it. <laughs> Some guy in, in full rucksack, and he had his AK-47 on him, and he was in full gear, and he caught the ball. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting and weird scenario. You're absolutely correct. Um, but I felt like with that six minutes left in that game, the referees all came together, and they went, shit, Patriots might lose this game. What the hell can we do to, to make sure that they don't? Tripping call uh, then ensues. Yeah. So I mean, you, you played offensive line. That was no. There was no trip. What are you supposed to do? You can't like, do anything. It was closer to a clip than a trip. He had because one guy was a little bit high, one guy was a little bit low, but he wasn't even touching him. So no, there there was no trip there, and everybody knows it. The NFL. There was two trips in that game that the NFL already came out and said should not have been called, yeah. but. When you got Robert Maybe, Kraft in your pocket, sometimes it helps to be the Patriots. I was thinking about him there. I'm like, but he wishes funny. he was in Florida right now. The For Cowboys, sure, giving a little tuggy. With 100%. all that said, the Cowboys did still cover that game. They did. You know, it was a yeah. five and a half point spread, and yeah. Patriots. You know, they elected to do that one play at the end, which was the right play. Like Andy said, it was I think the perfect play because you couldn't have just need it, but you also don't want to risk doing anything wild. So I think yeah, the best bet is just give it to Brady and let him. Chuck it in the air, and for whatever reason, the clock operator, yeah. who is New England's clock operator, was like, I want to see Dallas just see one more thing. See one more thing going on. And here. then Dallas's play looked like they didn't even know what they were doing. No, they <laughs> yeah, didn't. It was like, it was a, like a little covered. pass to Gallup, and then yeah. it was like, oh, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, this game's over. yeah, it's the, the, the well, post game, Jerry Jones called out uh, Jason Garrett. So that should be interesting, although. You know Jerry Jones treats him like a like his like his beloved son, so we'll see what happens there. But he, I would say, he's on the hot seat. They're lucky they're in such a shit division, because if they weren't in such a shit division, I think Jerry Jones may have already been out. But we've also been saying that for the better half of a decade, so who knows if that'll ever happen? But um, yeah, that number one offense in the NFL not looking well, too great against the number one defense in the NFL. What was strange is that 
I mean, we know they've been great and Dak's been great, but wasn't this the game to give Zeke yeah. 30 carries? Well, um, so last three games, Ezekiel Elliott's went for 47, 44, and 86. So I think they tried to yeah. get him the ball a little bit more. That was a tough but game, but though, Even so, that. the Patriots, you know their pass defense is absolutely elite. It's astonishing. Run yeah. defense yeah, Mar- Amari athlete. Cooper held to zero catches. No catches. He almost had that one catch at the end of the game on the fourth and like 17. That was a clear drop. Yeah. So some drama at the end of the game, which was fun to watch because you like to see those two teams beat each other up. I but. just I hate to say it, but I just would have preferred to see that game in Dallas where we would have just had no weather issues. And, and it could have just been see just an exciting game. Everybody was on point. Everybody was yeah. pure. Yeah. I agree. But hey, that's the NFL. We know it. when it gets to December and November. Well, and that's a nice advantage the that the Patriots have in, in, yeah. in Foxborough, too. The other yeah. implication there is that uh, Tom Brady, again, just was not impressive. And they're, they're winning in spite of him. Yeah. So they are mean, winning in spite of him. It looks like they. That's fine. They can do that. Yeah, they're going yeah. to do that. And and they're well coached enough and let's well not everything kid enough. ourselves. Come playoff time, Brady's going to show up. May, well, he might he may not be you know throwing for three hundred and three touchdowns every game, but he's going to do everything he has to to get his team the the, to, to to the victory and, the, and let his defense do what they need to do. And the Patriots so. have no problem winning those games like thirteen, no, nope. like 10, the Super Bowl, 13 to, exactly. Yeah, that nine sh- to six. I mean, they don't. God, care. that sucked. But yeah, that was a cool game to watch um, mm. in the rain there. Um, the next two games were not go to ten to one. Yeah, no, they were not. Than our, than our next game, which we thought was gonna, we, I think we all hoped was gonna be a tight game, and man, it was that lopsided. <laughs> nice NFC match. Well, hey, which one are you talking about? Because they the well, first game. one that we got was that game was supposed to be more better than Green Bay Packers at the at the, the at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, although he's from California, cannot win in California to save his goddamn life uh, on the West Coast in general, for that matter. Um, so that one ended up being 37-8. to eight. The 49ers were dominant oh. on a half-decent performance from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, that George defense Kittle's is hard. slowly becoming the best tight end in the NFL, although I still think Travis Kelsey takes the cake there. Um, but that was an absolute murder. Yeah, that, that defense I noticed from that game, that defense hits hard. Well, they hit hard, and they're without their best linebacker, Quan Alexander. They lost him to a peck for the year. Um, so... You see, you see Mike Shanahan in the booth. Did you see that yeah, in the game? Times, that was yeah. pretty interesting. Um, old Leatherskin there was in the booth with his son. It's kind of funny too because he uh, beat that Packer team just once in the Super Bowl or twice. Not like not this Packer team, but I mean, yeah, the I don't know when he was coaching yeah, the Broncos. The first, the first yeah. Broncos win, yeah, yeah, first one, yeah, not with Peyton, right? No, no, yeah, but I mean, they didn't. Yeah, they played the Panthers. So that game ended up thirty-seven to eight. Uh, Packers couldn't get anything going. And especially for a team that has been running the ball well. Aaron Jones has been running the ball very well as of late. The 49ers showed up and proved that they have an elite defense. Richard Sherman is just absolutely locked down. Jimmy G got him where they needed to be. There was was that one drive where there was a couple kind of questionable-ish penalties on Richard Sherman, too. And I think the same ref called on back-to-back plays uh, big penalties on Richard Sherman. That ended up leading to the only Packer touchdown. You want to hear some uh, some fantasy football anxiety from that game? Yes. So I'm playing Carl, our friend Carl in that game. The score is 95.96 for him. His players are all done. 95.04 for me. Last drive of the game, uh, Rodgers goes down, and I think he threw uh, – he didn't throw a pick, uh, but they turned it over on downs. So it's 95.04, 95.96 for him. 
the Niners go down the damn field, take up. It was ten minutes left. It was like a six and a half minute drive. Mm-hmm. They score to make it to make to get to the thirty seven to eight. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Rogers will come in, throw a couple incompletions, and then I'll I'll win the game. So I'm sitting there on the couch. They come back from the TV timeout. Rogers is on the sidelines in a hat with his hands folded. Folded. So he did not come back in the game and get a point for me. So I lost that matchup, ninety five ninety six to ninety five oh four. After they benched Rodgers in the fourth quarter Did you with lose? four minutes left. No, I, I actually got a stack correction in one. Yeah, but so four, you got to add that but, That's but, a well, well, no. At the time. Yeah, at the time, I had some anxiety about it. So that was a nice, a bad... Uh, I wonder if Carl even knows that happened. <laughs> I texted, but he still hasn't texted me. So <laughs> if you're listening, Carl, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, man. Um, but yeah, so Niners moved to 10-1. They look like the real fucking deal. Um, yeah, Packers moved to 8-3. and three. Um, not they the got real, some. The, not looking like the real. Not look like in the real fucking deal. Right there with Minnesota too. That right division. there with Minnesota in that division. Minnesota uh, had a bye this week, um, so they they're both at eight and three now. Yep. Very interesting stuff. Now our grand now finale game, the huh? grand finale. This is your team versus right now the most exciting team in the NFL. I would say the hottest team you could say with what they've done recently to teams and the teams they've done it to. Lamar Jackson decides to throw for five touchdowns. Marcus Peters decides to pick off his old teammates and then start talking shit at the end of the game. Yeah, I saw him and Jalen Ramsey got into We're it. Going a after, well, a he picked of- off. He, he had a, he picked off um, Goff, and then he was on the sideline yelling, "Jalen, Jalen!" <laughs> That's two notorious shit talkers. Oh, two yeah. of the best quarterbacks in the game. So you love to see it. Um, but yeah, the Ravens absolutely put it on the Rams. The Rams look like they should be playing in the MAC. Uh, against some teams in college football the way they've been playing lately. Jared Goff is just sitting there and just cashing checks in the pocket and not doing a goddamn thing. Um, so we shouldn't talk about the Rams too much because that was really not the storyline of the game. No, let's yeah. talk about Booger. Well, yeah, Booger was game. pretty bad. <laughs> it was, I, yeah. I was in a place where I couldn't hear it, so I don't know what he was saying. Gruden should just forego that 10-year contract and come back to the booth. <laughs> they need, they need, they football, need something. Tessitore is okay. I don't mind Tessator. He's not the biggest douchebag, but Booger, I think they should just put him on that little thing yeah, he that he would roll that. on the sidelines, make a couple, you know, it's raining cats and dogs out there, <laughs> doing a couple of those, and then, um, and that's it. But yeah, it wasn't good. Um, but let's give it up for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I because, think uh, right now the favorite to win the MVP. You know, and we said it last week, Andy, I know you got to see it for an extended period of time, but my God, it's kind of hard to bet against that guy right now, man. I, I'll, I'll admit, that I was definitely wrong about at the start. I thought he wasn't that great at throwing. I remember that game against the Chargers in the playoffs, and it looked ugly. But uh, he he's improved it. And he's I throwing. Mean, he know how many. He had like four different types of Dilphy dimes last night. He had the sidewinder dime. He had the rainbow dime. He had the rocket dime. He was throwing dimes all over the place. Five touchdowns. So right now on a a site, Lamar Jackson to win MVP is minus three hundred. Wow. Minus three hundred favorite, and then you look at Russell Wilson at three to one, and I think those are the first two because then after or the top two because then after that, Mahomes somehow is third at twelve to one, missing a couple games, and then Aaron Rodgers, who was the favorite about a month ago, is now twenty five to one, and I don't even think should be on this wow. list. No, he shouldn't be on the list. There should be other people on the list ahead of him, I would say. But I want to throw a couple of facts out there for you guys that I saw today that I thought was very interesting. The Ravens have punted twice in their last three games. Against the Bengals, the Texans, and the Rams, Robert Griffin the third was the quarterback on all of those drives. Huh. So in the last three games, Lamar Jackson has not 
led one drive that ended in a punt. And that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I saw... Because the Texans have, Texans have a defense. The Rams should have a defense. Bengals or whatever. But either way, that's an astonishing statistic. Yeah, and I saw something that said how they had scored on 12 straight drives, which 12 is also drives. insane. You ready for some more insaneness? Yes. Lamar Jackson versus the top four defensive minds. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Wade Phillips, and Romeo Cornell. 13 touchdowns, no picks. Eight yards yards per attempt, 7.3 yards per carry, four wins, no losses. Ravens have outscored those four coaches 153 to 49. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, when no. are they playing the Steelers? They play the Why are you going to die? One more time. Yeah. Well, I don't, There's I some, mean, teams gonna, some teams going to figure it out. You think they're going to figure well, it out? Well, you know what? I'm afraid of when I think but, it's well, going to Well, they got to play the Browns again. Browns already beat them you once. Know, you know what I think when it's going to get figured out? AFC Championship game, Ravens Patriots. That's when Belichick. You don't fool Just Belichick like, twice. No, Edelman's going to line up as punter, <laughs> punt for a touchdown. It's going to be some crazy ass shit. Yeah, well, you just the guy is a video game, and eventually someone's going to figure him out. But until they do, yeah, I'm really enjoying watching him. So yeah. thank you, Lamar. Yeah, absolutely for making this league uh, really enjoyable to watch. And I wish you nothing but success. Absolutely. If the Rams don't win Super Bowls, I'd love to see that guy win every Super Bowl. I'm yeah. a fan of Lamar Jackson. Uh, Ravens have won twice in my lifetime. They don't need to win again. Right. Well, screw the Ravens. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson as a man. Yeah. Well, uh, so now I think uh, our final segment here, we were going to give out uh, some Turkey Bowl, the three games. Thursday, we Turkey, pick. Gobble, Gobble, and NFL, pick them. We wanted to say that we're actually going to try to start doing this more often as maybe each of us, the three of us giving out like three NFL games, three college games for like the weekend and just compare how we end up doing between the three of us. And then obviously when there's those special days like Thanksgiving and then Christmas for the NBA, we'll just do all those games that day and just for something fun like that. But also uh, when we get that, the bowl game schedule, I was saying, I think what we'll do is we'll do like a bracket pick. All three of us will just do pick them, you know, no spreads and stuff, just who we think will win the game and then compare that at the end. So that'll be, Little fun upcoming stuff, but so we do want to start you guys getting can more enjoy a little more gambling yes, segments. And if wanna... we lose you money, sorry, yeah, we'll win. But you money. we're legal in your state. We're losing maybe. money with you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna win free more than we lose. So, Andy, did you even end up doing any turkey picks? Or do you have time? I did not look at lines, but I can still do it if you. All right, well, I got I got I got lines. So know them know them in your head. Then let's do it. Let's do a couple lines for you. We'll go first, and if you want, you can go last. The morning game on Thanksgiving. Sees the uh, Chicago Bears traveling to Detroit to go uh, play the backup quarter-backed uh, Detroit Lions. Um, five and six Bears, three and seven Lions. Uh, has Matt Nagy lost the um, locker room? I don't know. Uh, so you got Tr- Mitch Trubisky, who should be a backup quarterback, uh, playing against uh, Disco Driscoll because he dances so much in the pocket. Maybe. Nope. It's actually supposed to be uh, Blau now. Okay, I got it. I got it. Uh, I, Chicago beat writer today uh, in the last hour or so just posted that Driscoll's uh, not looking too good for t- for Thursday. Oh. Uh, so it's actually going to be this guy named J- I think James Blau who was cut from the Cleveland Browns this year. Okay. Where did Driscoll so, come from? Because. I don't remember that guy from college at all. I don't remember it all either. Like Driscoll don't, at least played at two colleges. Yeah, yeah. So we remember him a little bit. But uh, so here's the line. Uh, right now, last time I checked it, and I was looking at it yesterday. And when I was looking at it yesterday, midday, the line was at one and a half. And it went up to minus three for the yeah, Bears. Yeah, I saw it at three this So morning. it's moved quite a bit. And, so that's, and that's obviously because David Blau is going to 
Well, I saw that before they, they yeah, announced that. Yeah, that was before. That. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if right now you couldn't bet on it. So right now, we'll just go with the line yeah. that we were given so, before. The, just real ahead. quick, he, he went to Purdue. He was Purdue's backup quarterback in 2015 and led the Boilermakers to a win against Nebraska as a redshirt sophomore in 2016. He started 12 games and earned <laughs> academic All-Big Ten honors. So he went to Purdue. Yeah. Don't give that guy a job in the NFL <laughs> is where he went. But anyways, uh, morning game, we got the Bears minus three. Over under 38 and a half, which I'm not even going to touch. So uh, I'm taking the Bears minus three based off the fact that they have the number third ranked, uh, fourth ranked defense in the NFL. And the Lions have the um, number 12th ranked offense in the NFL. I think Mitch Trubisky, although he's absolute garbage, uh, can lean on Khalil Mack and that defense to get it done. So my pick for the morning game, not touching the over under, I'm taking the Bears minus three. All right, with me, I uh, I'll be honest. I didn't know that Blau or whatever was going to come in. I still well, thought it was give a, us your original pick. But I'm going to stick. I'm going to stand true to it. <laughs> I'm I'm still going with. I'm going to take the Lions plus three still. Wow. Just because I just absolutely think the Bears suck. And but also on that, I mean the Lions do too. But fun fact about the Lions, I believe they're one of two teams. I think it's just them and the Chiefs. No. Yeah, maybe. I think it's just them and the Chiefs that have out, had led. At one point in every single game this year, which is very interesting to me because the Lions are like, what, three, seven, and one? And they've led in every they game this three, year. Seven and one. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I just. Fun Turkey Day fact uh, the Lions are four and 11 on Thanksgiving Day since 2004. Well, as long as they cover yeah, the Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking is it's tradition to go watch the Lions lose. And yes. it's not like they ever really get blown out, although I, I know some games they did. Yeah. yeah uh, I think it was Peyton Manning one year just absolutely roasted them. Yes, that was I know one they of those played wins the since 2004. They played the Patriots one year, too. They, they beat them back then, too. They ben lost Jarv- seven in a row in that uh, span since 2004. Back when Ben also. Jarvis Green Ellis was the Patriots. The right law back. firm. And I remember he got me a big fantasy day that week. Love but it. But I just think, I think with the Bears, I look at their recent games, they barely skated by the Giants. They lost to a Rams team, which you know now we're starting to think of might not be that, that great. great. And then they actually beat the Lions at home, only 2013. I know that we had Stafford, but I mean, still at the time, only 20 points at home against them. I just feel Stafford like Stafford did not play that game. Oh, he didn't. So no, they, they barely beat Driscoll then. So I think uh, I don't know. I just think it's going to be an ugly game. So I just think like, ah, eh, give me the home team getting three. I could see it being honestly like a really ugly, like something like 13 to. Well, that's Man. why the over/under. I, I I originally had the under written oh, down I and I crossed that, I would it have out. The under too. Uh, but you just don't want to root for the under on your Thanksgiving but morning. But also, you know what's kind of funny is those games. Is those games that you expect to be really low scoring. Yes, that's why I didn't end touch up it. being like thirty-five to like thirty-eight. So it's. Like, I couldn't take one over/under. But Andy, uh, knowing Andy, the please. over/under, knowing the spread, what do you have then? If you can just think of it. So I would have gone with the Bears anyways. With if it, if Trish yeah. was playing, um, because backup quarterback against a still a really good defense. Um, I would be afraid of the under, even though the under seems like the obvious pick because it's yeah. going to be the Bears who struggle with the back of quarterback on the other side. But I'd be worried of a uh, couple defense, defensive touchdowns or something that's, like that. Yeah. That's or one just thing turnovers too. and key spots. The Bears yeah. have a few defensive touch, uh, a few uh, return touchdowns on the year. The Lions have one as well. That's one thing that I looked at was the return game. Um, both special teams are not great, so that's why I stayed away from that over under. I'm just I could see you know this guy. Completely like throwing a ball behind his back and the Bears recovering. It's one of those things. So just to recap here, we're going to keep a tally. Yeah. Uh, Cooch has Bears minus three. Anthony's going to take the Lions plus three. And Andy, are you going with the spread or you to take the money line? I think the money line was minus 160 on the Bears. Still going with the Bears or the minus three. Bears minus three. So two Bears, me and Andy, Bears minus three. Anthony, 
is going to go with the Lions. One of my favorite things other than um, stuffing on Thanksgiving is watching the Lions lose. So we'll hope we can take a look at that again. And then another traditional team on Thanksgiving. That's right. We got the Bills uh, in Jerry World at the Cowboys. The 8-3 and three Bills versus the 6-5 and five Cowboys coming off of a tough loss against the Pats. The line from that game, Cowboys are giving a touchdown, believe it or not. Um, that one kind of surprised me. Over and under was four, over under 45. Um, so a few things with that. Um, obviously, Jason Garris in the hot seat. We mentioned that Ezekiel Elliott's 45, 47 yards, 45 yards, 86 yards in his last three games. So very underproductive, along with Amari Cooper coming in with no catches last week. They are the number one offense um, in the uh, NFL. However, the Bills are the number three defense in the NFL. So it's a really good matchup uh, for the middle slate there on Thanksgiving that I really, really like. Um, so you want to go first on your pick this time, Anthony? Yeah, I can go first. I, uh, I went with I like the Cowboys minus the points. Cowboys minus seven for minus Anthony. The touchdown. I think it's. I really think that the Cowboys just need this win. I mean, they're coming off that. You know, it's the whole thing with like, oh, they just Jerry Jones coming out and saying the stuff about the team, and then, you know, they just lost the Patriots. And him saying like, oh, they can't beat like these big teams. You know, they're at home. It's Thanksgiving, and I think that. Uh, also, I just think flat. I think they're better than the Bills. I mean, I give the Bills all the credit, but I just feel like if this game was in Buffalo and it could be like an ugly weather game, I feel like that gives them more advantage. But in this, in the in Jerry's world, nice weather. You don't have to worry about anything because it's in the dome. I think Cowboys off the short week come out and uh, take care of business and you know win by like 10 points or so. Like I don't think it's going to be an absolute blowout. I don't think they'll dominate them. But I do think they can uh, win this game by more than a touchdown at home just because I really feel like they really need it. And uh, if they do lose this game, though, then I think you're really going to have to start thinking about Jason yeah. Garrett's time. Well, I think all signs in this game point to a Cowboys victory. Mm-hmm. They're in Jerry World. They're coming off a tough loss on a short week to the New England Patriots, who have a fantastic offense uh, or defense. Excuse me. Um, Amari Cooper is going to be hungry. Um, Ezekiel Elliott again not performing very well. However, um, I see this game for some reason. I see this game being a high-scoring game. Oh. One of those games where Josh Allen has like a seventy-yard touchdown run out of <laughs> nowhere. Dak Prescott uh, is going to put some points up against uh, a really, really, really good Bills secondary. One of the best uh, in the league, as a matter of fact, third best in total defense. Uh, however, I am taking the Bills plus seven. Ooh. I think a touchdown is a little too much to me. I think it, although it is Jerry in Jerry World, we're going to have some Thanksgiving theatrics, and it's going to be a come down to the wire game. I could not bring myself to take uh, to give the Cowboys seven points the way that they've been playing right now, uh, especially since the Bills at eight and three um, are beating some teams. Uh, so I am going to go with the Bills plus seven. 45 is a tough over and under for me. Like I said, I think it's going to be a more higher scoring than we think, um, but I stayed away from the over-under on that game as well. So for me, I'm taking the Bills plus seven. Well, I'm also going to take the Bills here. Ooh. I think I think it's clear that uh, no one really respects that eight and three. Yeah. But it, also in this case, I think people, Vegas knows people want to bet on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Yep. And the, the thing is, too, is I'm sure the public will move that line up a little bit, too, because it will be – yeah. A lot of cowboy fans are there Thanksgiving. They would do, like you said, they do want to bet on them, and they might. And there are a lot of people out there that you know just think like, oh, the Bills, 
you know, aren't that aren't for real and stuff like that. I mean, I'll have to say I'm kind of there still a little bit, but my biggest thing, like I said, is I just think this game, the Cowboys need to make a statement. And I think Thanksgiving day, middle of the afternoon, when everybody's going to be feasting at that time, that's the game when people are, you know, usually watching it at the table and stuff. I just think that's the game where uh, they just need to come out and make a statement, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm also willing to say that I think I think the Bills have a very good chance of winning. I don't know if I'm going to go all the way. I looked say, at the money line also, man. Yeah, I looked it, at the money line. I mean, it's also, definitely going to be good value. I, I imagine think Josh like, Allen's the kind of guy who could have like like no one. He's not a name yet. Like people who are going to watch this Thanksgiving game aren't like super fans. They're going to be like, I don't know who that guy is, and he's going to like wow some people just with some miraculous play. Getting out of the pocket, just hitting someone. I agree. You know, yep. and I think it'll actually be low scoring because I just don't have confidence in the uh, Cowboys play calling right now. Yeah, so I, agree I don't know if they're going to know how to attack that Bills defense. Um, another bold prediction. If the Bills go into Jerry World and pull this game off, not by the spread, but if they win this game, yeah. McDermott's the favorite for coach of the year. Oh, okay. Because the Bills were not supposed to do anything this year and he's not got any superstars on that team he's got the third best defense in the nfl um they play not a not a tough schedule but not an easy schedule so that's a bold prediction I mean, for me if they go and he's the favorite for the uh they do that and then also beat the patriots yeah i'll be on board with that but yep uh, uh, that's that's a bold prediction yeah. for me this year um so last game of our thursday night or thursday thanksgiving games is saints at falcons um, this is an interesting game. They played in week 10. So they played just a few weeks ago. Falcons beat down the Saints 26 to 9. Um, you want to go first on this one, Andy? You want me to give you a little bit more I'm info? Gonna need, I'm going to need this. Let me get you the lines. <laughs> so uh, Saints are also taking seven points, just like the Cowboys were. Saints are minus seven because they, their stadiums are identical. This is in Atlanta. Yes, this is in Atlanta. Yeah, it's so like you, I can never tell. <laughs> you, yeah, if somebody asked you which game this where, where this game's at, and you said Mercedes Benz Stadium, yeah. you'd, you'd be right, no matter what. So Saints minus seven, over under is forty nine in this game. What do you like, Andy? I think I still have to go with the Saints because it just it's not. If it was Saints like ten or something, but just one touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown is there because I, I don't think they're not going to get up to upset twice yeah i like but I, that but i know the falcons are going to be up for it again they will they usually but, are and dan quinn won a couple games since then so yeah. his job is a little bit safe um so i am actually andy and i are on the same page here i am also taking the saints minus seven uh in their meeting in week 10 they held drew Brees without a touchdown um i don't think that's going to happen again and also that was Kamara's first game back, I think. I believe so. Or he might not have even been back yet. I don't know. I think, uh, I think he, he was, but it was, they didn't really know what to do with him yet. So they held Breeze without a touchdown. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, so I see the Saints covering that seven point spread also. Saints committed 12 penalties in that game. And knowing Sean Payton, he's not going to allow that to happen again. Um, so. Dan Quinn, I think, has lost the locker room there as well, even though I think that Arthur Blank keeps his job, lets him keep his job. Uh, I'm not a huge Dan Quinn fan. Uh, And I will tell you now, before you make your pick, just so you know, um, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, Devontae Freeman, Tack McKinley, all questionable as of today for that game. And that's four of their best players. So um, just a little tidbit for you. So, again, I'm going Saints minus seven as well. If I were to pick the over-under, 
um, 49, I would probably go over if those guys were healthy, only because I think the Saints are going to put up quite a few touchdowns, but I'm going to stay away from that as well. So I got Saints minus seven. I actually am going to touch the total with this game. I do like the over. I actually, where I saw it at was like 48 and a half. So wherever you're going to get it, 48 and a half, 49, uh, you know, it's going to be moving around probably back and forth between that area. But the reason why I like it is because I agree with that. Saints just lost to them a couple weeks ago. They are going to come back out in this game and it's in a dome. And I think they're going to come out and score. I think we're going to see that Saints offense come out and score 30 plus points. And then also, if I'm not mistaken, if the Saints win this game, I think that's the division for them. I thought I saw that somewhere that this if they were to win against Atlanta, it wins them the division. They already beat the Panthers twice. They must have, I guess. I well, don't know. they just played the Panthers this week. They beat. The, I think that is the pan. I think that is they beat the Panthers twice. I believe twice. I believe. Excuse me. So I think that's another big thing is they're going to have that motivation to clinch that division, and then also just be, and the reason why I like that over also is because this game's in Atlanta. I just feel like Atlanta at home will be good for a couple touchdowns. For sure they will. So do, 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 the, do, the, do the questionable scare you at all on that over? Not as much as Julio if they were will like play. Doubtful. Julio had yeah, a, well, Julio will probably play. Calvin Ritty had a nice uh, couple nice catches in the last game too. Yeah, I, I think like not so much. I mean, I just feel like and Devontae Freeman doesn't do much anyways. And the other and they're going to want to pass the ball. They're going to be behind in my opinion, so it's going to be pass, pass, pass. But my thing is also that because Atlanta, you know, they look like they were on a little run. They won two good games in a row. They finally lost again a game that you know they were. Probably should have maybe won, you know, at home against Tampa Bay. So I think now all that deflates and comes back to the reality of we suck. And I think Saints go in there with the division on, like, the thought to win the division and come out and score. And they just put th- they just put thirty four up on Carolina, who has a much better defense than Atlanta. Yeah, they also gave up thirty one to Carolina that I would venture to say has a lot less talent on offense other than Chris McCaffrey yeah, than, the, than the, the Falcons. So, I, so I just think if this game was in New Orleans, I would maybe lean under because I would maybe say like, oh, I could see that being like a 34 to 13 type game, 34, 10. But because it's in Atlanta, I just feel like Atlanta at home. You give them two, you give for, 14 points at least. Give them like, yeah, I think they, 14 I think they can score like 17 at home okay. or something like that. Okay. And then I think uh, they'll come out at New Orleans and drop, you know, 30 this could be a game where they score like 37 or something i think awesome so i don't know i'll just let's go with that so all right so anthony's taking the over 49 and andy and i are riding with the saints to cover a touchdown yeah and if i was on the spread that would be the first one that i would actually agree with you guys i would say you like that one minus seven if i had to do that just because for the division the i know a lot of people don't believe in the revenge factor but i kind of i don't want to say i completely do but i mean Sometimes I do look at that a little bit, but then also the fact that just Atlanta coming off that loss finally like took the full wind out of the sails. I think they're going to come in there with zero motivation compared to a team that I feel like is going to have some strong motivation for the recent game plus going for the division. It's going to be a good nightcap for the it's going to be a, people. And it's going to be a good turkey day. You're going to start your day off with a bad game. We're going to start our you're day gonna off with a You're going to get a pretty Lions solid loss. game, and then I think you're going to get a game with just a lot of points, hopefully. Should be good. Football. Turkey, stuffing, Thanksgiving. That's what it's all about, man. That is what it's all about. You know what else else it's all about? Sharing this with a friend. Pass the gospel on. And check out our entertainment podcast. But yeah. Oh, before we go, I want to give my Thanksgiving to uh the people here. Ah. You know, if you were listening, I wasn't here at the beginning, and uh I'm very thankful. We have a, a good crew here now to oh, uh, yes. thank you sure for letting that, me be a part of it. Yeah, yeah I'm sure new here, but I'm really enjoying it. Missed. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, Andy, it you missed it. We said some great things about you. 
Well, well we started with college football because we wanted your basketball input. We value it very, very much. So oh, thank you. Yeah, Glad you did. made it. Yeah. We just talked about how to Alice Lakers podcast. And yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Happy right. Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, like, share, happy subscribe. Thanks- happy Thanksgiving. Like, share, and subscribe. Very Follow nice. it all. That's going to wrap us up. You've been listening to episode 145 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean. Joined with me, we had Tony Katz. Yes, we did. Off-road, I'm late for work, Andy. Thank you. And Cooch. (laughs) Gobble, 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 gobble. Later.